You know, uh, in preparing for this message, what I'm going to talk about tonight, <clears throat> what just happened here, our prayer request, our hearts for one another, uh, that's, that's actually what the message is about tonight. And uh, what I don't want, and what my prayer has been for everyone here, what I don't want is as soon as you hear the topic, for you to shut your brains off. For you guys to say, I've heard this a thousand times. For you guys to say, this is elementary. This is, uh, I'm past that. I've been in this church for however long it might be. But, but I, I bring it up tonight, especially in the day and time we live, because it's important. It's important. And uh, it's definitely more teachy than preachy. But uh, I pray that you... Allow the word of God and the spirit of God to do the work of God in your hearts and in your minds and in all of our lives tonight. And uh, it was a blessing doing the study for myself. It's something I can tell you that's been on my heart literally for 20 months since the day my son was born. Because uh, at that time, I was personally, I was in distress. I was afraid I was worried. I was beyond, uh, everything was beyond my control. There's nothing I could do about anything. Uh, a child that wouldn't come out, they'd have to cut my wife open and pull him out. And uh, I can tell you I was so distressed that I couldn't even utter words of prayer. I really couldn't. But I know that there were people praying for me and praise the Lord. And we have a healthy boy. And, uh, but tonight's topic is prayer. That's tonight's topic. And more importantly, it's intercessory prayer. That means the church praying for one another. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. So please, please focus and pray the Lord keeps your attention. I know everyone's tired. I'm tired too. Ran home from work, shaved my face, got dressed and came here to, 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 to teach and preach to you guys tonight. But please, I pray. Just allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to do their work in our hearts and in our lives tonight. And, uh, brother, why don't you open us up in prayer tonight? If you open up to uh, the book of First Timothy with me, please. First Timothy, chapter two. First Timothy, chapter two, <clears throat> starting in verse one. 
1 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1. The Bible says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Our text tonight starts out with, I exhort therefore, and as is so often said here, when you see a therefore, let's see what it's there for, okay? So uh, if you look back up just a couple of verses, uh, chapter 1, verse 18, the Apostle Paul writes in this book to a, to a young preacher named Timothy, he says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. So that charge or that command starts in chapter 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, there is a distinct difference between all of those things, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Uh, just very, very basic a supplication is a specific request or a prayer of supply. Prayer, as, as simply put as I can, prayer is simply asking. The book of Matthew tells us, All things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Intercessions. Intercessions are prayers on someone else's behalf. Could be for multiple reasons. Maybe, maybe they don't know they need prayer. Uh, for example, a visitor maybe that walks into this building. Maybe they don't know they need prayer, but we ought to be praying for them. Uh, supplication is a prayer. Maybe someone's too distressed. Maybe someone's just in a, in, a, in, a, in a bad, bad way, and they're literally unable to pray. I've been there. That's a supplication. Maybe somebody doesn't see the need for prayer. Maybe we have family members, we have loved ones. They're not saved. They couldn't give a spit about the Bible, about the things of God. They don't even know that they're in need of prayer. But our praying for them is a supplication. And then, of course, there's giving of thanks. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5 tell us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. So all distinctly different, very basic definitions, but tonight we're going to, Lord willing, we're going to talk about intercession. So uh, this is, like I said, way, way more teachy than what I'm used to, but I know we have a lot of new believers here, a lot of new Christians, so I'm kind of going to do it very fundamentally. If you'll be patient with me, allow me to lay the tracks, and uh, and then we're going to we're gonna see where the Lord brings it. But... Uh, so if you want to find out what, what something means in the Bible, like let's say the word intercession, uh, a, good, a good place to start off is where it's first mentioned in the Bible. Okay, so the first time we see the word intercession in the Bible is in Isaiah chapter 53. If you'll turn there with me, Isaiah chapter 53. 
Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. The Bible says, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Obviously speaking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, if you look at the, the book of Luke, book of Luke, chapter 23, This was the Lord Jesus Christ's intercession that was spoken of back in Isaiah. Book of Luke, chapter 23, <clears throat> verse 34. Uh, let's start back up at 27. And there followed him a great company of people, speaking of the Lord, and of women which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Speaking of the tribulation, I think. Uh, then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and they cast lots. So that's the first mention, Isaiah 53, of intercession. Jesus Christ himself, our example, praying for others. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Uh, intercession is praying on someone else's behalf. Turn with me to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 36. Jeremiah chapter 36, verse 25. Jeremiah 36, verse 25. Uh, we'll start with uh, 23. And it came to pass that when Jehudi had read three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. Verse 25. Nevertheless, El Nathan and Deliah and Gemariah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. Speaking of the law that was found, that was lost and found and uh, was cut with Jehudi's penknife and thrown into the fire. But it tells us there that those folks, they made intercession to the king. Intercession is a plea. Intercession is a plea. 
Now, what I'd like to do is differentiate intercession Old Testament and intercession New Testament because it's, uh, it's important. It's important to see under the law what intercession was and what the responsibility behind it was and under grace what intercession is and, and, and the, the gift that it is for us at this time. So Jeremiah, if you turn uh, back to chapter 7, chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7. Uh, We'll start in verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah that enter into these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words, saying to the temple of the Lord, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if ye throughly amend your ways and your doings, if ye throughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if ye oppress not the stranger, the fatherless and the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt, then will I cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, ye trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will ye steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, and walk after other gods whom ye know not, and come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations? In this house, which is called by my name, become a a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. But go now unto my place, which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. And now, because ye have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, but ye heard not. And I called you, but ye answered not. Therefore will I do unto this house, which is called by my name, wherein ye trust, and unto the place which I gave to you and to your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight. I have cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. Therefore, This is God speaking to Jeremiah the prophet. Therefore, pray not thou for this people, neither lift up cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. Jeremiah in the Old Testament was was commanded not to make intercession for those people. In the New Testament, turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews. Chapter 7, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. The Bible says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto him by God, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession. You guys see that? Amen? Don't fall asleep yet. It's going to get better, I promise. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So in the Old Testament, the prophet was commanded not to make intercession for those people. In the New Testament, our prophet, our priest, and our high king, 
ever liveth to make intercession for us. Amen? All right, in the Old Testament, turn back to Jeremiah, please. Chapter 27. Jeremiah 27. Starting in verse 12. The Bible says, I spake also to Zedekiah, king of Judah, according to all these words, saying, Bring your neck necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. This again is Jeremiah the prophet prophesying to the uh, people of Israel. Bring your neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Why will ye die, thou and thy people, by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence, as the Lord hath spoken against the nation that will not serve the king of Babylon? Therefore hearken not unto the words of the prophets that speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you. For I have not sent them, saith the Lord, yet they prophesy a lie in my name, that I might drive you out, and that ye might perish, ye and the prophets that prophesy unto you. Verse 16. Also I, spake unto the pri- also I spake to the priest and to all his people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hearken not to the words of your prophets that prophesy unto you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the Lord's house shall now shortly be brought again from Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you. Hearken not unto them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Wherefore should this city be laid waste? Verse 18. But if they be prophets, speaking of the false prophets of Jeremiah's day, but if they be prophets, and if the word of the Lord be with them, let them now make intercession to the Lord of hosts, that the vessels which are left in the house of the Lord and in the house of the king of Judah and at Jerusalem go not to Babylon. So you see, God's being a little sarcastic here. He's saying, they're prophesying lies to you, but if they be prophets, and what's the other one? And if the word of the Lord be with them, let them now make intercession. But if you look down at verse 22, now this is God answering his own uh, sarcasm. He says, they shall not be carried away. Speaking of the vessels, they should not be carried away. And there shall there shall they be until the day that I visit them, saith the Lord. Then will I bring them up and restore them to this place. So this is speaking of the false prophets of Jeremiah's day, uh, making intercession against the will of God. So there was such thing as, as praying intercession against the will of God. But in the New Testament, Romans 8 tells us, and he's, he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. And this, this he that searcheth the hearts is the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 2 tells us that. Searcheth the reins and the hearts. Uh, and he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So in the Old Testament, you had intercession opposed to the will of God or not according to the will of God. But in the New Testament, you see intercession is according to the will of God. OK, so why should we make intercessory prayer? Why should we pray intercessory prayer? What's the point of it? What's it all about? Why should I waste my time? Praying and caring for other people. Why? I'm busy. I'm a busy guy. Well, the first reason that I found in the Bible why we should pray intercessory prayer is that it's a sin not to pray for others. 
Book of 1 Samuel tells us, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. So the Bible tells me it's a sin not to pray for others. That's reason number one, why we should pray intercessory prayer. Reason number two, why should we pray intercessory prayer? Because people need prayer. Uh, Turn with me to Psalm 142, please. Psalm 142. Psalm 142, a psalm of David. The Bible says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man careth for my soul. Ecclesiastes. Turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Starting in verse 9, the Bible says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. So why should I pray intercessory prayer? Because people need prayer. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him. So why should I pray intercessory prayer? Because people need prayer. Okay. Verse 11, again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. So why should I pray intercessory prayer? Because people need prayer. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You know what I see when we, I go to places like, when we go to places like the rescue mission? You know, people who've, for whatever reason, maybe decisions they've made in life, maybe just circumstances, but they're in a bad, bad way usually. And you know what I notice? We get up and we preach and we do what we're supposed to do, but, but, but when we're done, people really want to pray with you. I don't know if you guys noticed that. They, they really, they want to pray. People need prayer. People need prayer. They realize that that, I don't know, maybe they see that there's something in us that they're missing. I, I can't really understand it. But all I know is when we're done and we do what we do and we sing songs with them and we preach to them and we show them the word of God, maybe they realize that we actually mean it. Maybe they realize that we maybe care. So, it, it, I mean, they line up to pray with you. A lot of them are saved. It's not even that they're, that they're not saved, but they literally line up. They just want to pray. Brother, can you pray for me? And, and, and I can't even say the things that they say that are going on in their lives, but... but But they're in trouble and they realize that they need prayer. I already told you uh, when my son was born, I was in a bad way. I needed prayer. I needed prayer. When visitors come to church, as I said, they need prayer. So why should we pray intercessory prayer? Because people need 
prayer. Why should we pray intercessory prayer? Because it's a sin not to pray for others. People need prayer. And also we're commanded to care one for another. Turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Speaking of the body of Christ, uh, where should we start? Uh, Start in verse 24. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but now watch this, but that the members should have the same care one for another. So why should we pray intercessory prayer? Because we're commanded to care one for another. For example, I was a carpenter for a lot of years, okay? The Bible likens all of us to the body of Christ, okay? A body, just like this. Maybe in a little better shape, but just like this, okay? As a carpenter, you get hurt a lot. You swing heavy things, you hurt heavy things. So now just imagine I'm nailing something here and I, and I hit my hand. Boom, it hurts. Instantaneously, without even thinking about it, the hand that doesn't hurt is going to go to the hand that hurts, right? Instantaneous. Not even a thought. It's going to care for it. You get what I'm saying? It's going to comfort it. It's going to hold it. Not even thinking about it, but it, that's just what's going to happen in my body. The same way we're likened unto the body of Christ. Okay, when I go home now, I bandage it up. I put, put some salve on it, right? The next day I'm going to wake up, I'm going to look, look at it. I'm going to change the bandage. I'm going to continue to care for the part of the body that's hurting. You guys with me? You're with me. I'm going to check on it the next day and the next day and the next day. And then praise the Lord. One day, that same hair, that the same hand that's caring for the other is going to take off those bandages. And now the two are good again. You understand? You with me? Okay. We're supposed to care one for another. That's what the Bible says. So why should we pray intercessory prayer? Because it's a sin not to pray for others. Because people need prayer. And because we're commanded to care one for another. There's a lot of things in this book we're commanded to do one for another. In church epistles, in Pauline doctrine. We're commanded to love one another. We're commanded to be kindly affectioned one to another. We're commanded to prefer one another, to receive one another, to salute one another, to greet one another, to serve one another, to forbear one another, to forgive one another, to teach and admonish one another, to comfort one another, to consider one another, to minister one to another, and to exhort one another, and so much the more as we see that day approaching. That'll preach for seven and a half years, if you can preach those points out right there. Okay? We're commanded to care one for another. One for another. Sixteen things the Bible tells us we should be doing one for another in Pauline doctrine speaking to us in this age and time that we live in. Sixteen things we should be doing one for another. Don't you think it's a little important to God? Don't you think it's a little important to God that we care one for another? Why don't we pray? Let's take it to that to that side. Why don't we pray the bottom line? Because we don't care. We don't care. 
That's why we don't pray, because we don't care. We don't care. But can I tell you, brethren, as the world, as our country, is gone to, to crap, basically, okay? As we see that day approaching, can I tell you, it shouldn't be the motive. I almost don't even want to say it. I almost don't even want to say it. But our works, what we do here, are going to be tried one day, brethren. They're going to be tried. And in my humble opinion, intercessory prayer is one of those things that'll last the fire. And I'm going to explain to you why it'll last the fire. In my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Pastor Dean will come and smack me in the back of my head when I'm done. I don't know. But I believe it's going to last the fire. I'll tell you why. Because prayer, by definition, is done by faith and not by sight. Right? By de- but just by definition, prayer is done by faith and not by sight. And number two, when you pray intercessory prayer, it has nothing to do with you. You get no gain out of it. The person doesn't even know that you're praying for them. Okay? That's why it'll last the fire. That's why you'll have some gold. So you say, I can't get up and preach. I'm not called to do this. I'm not comfortable doing that. Then pray, brethren. Pray like we're commanded to. Actually care one for another the way the Bible tells us we should do. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, you'll have something that lasts that fire. You'll have something that makes it through that fire. Uh, Do you guys think about that day? I think about that day. I've preached a lot of times. I've seen a lot of hands raised. I don't know if one person got saved. I don't know, but I know if I pray, there'll be something. There'll be something left over. There'll be something that'll last the fire. We're commanded to care one for another. So why should we pray intercessory prayer? Because it's a sin not to. Why should we pray intercessory prayer? Because people need prayer. Why should we pray intercessory prayer? Because we're commanded to care one for another. Why should we pray intercessory prayer? How about the example we have in the Lord Jesus Christ caring for us? How about that? You do know he cares, right? You believe the Lord Jesus Christ cares for us, right? I know he cares. You know how I know? Because the Bible tells me. The Bible tells me to cast all my cares upon him, for he careth for you. That's how I know he cares. I know he cares because he's advocating for us. The Bible tells us in 1 John, My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I know he cares for me because the Bible tells me he cares. I know he cares for me because he's advocating for me. I know he cares for me because the Bible tells me he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Okay, I know the Lord Jesus Christ cares for us. You know what that means? He ever liveth. I, I mean, I didn't. I don't even have another Bible, another translation to look it up. But I like the way that that sounds. He ever liveth. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. You know what that means? Right now, as we're sitting here, he's praying. When we're out there sinning and doing God only knows what, he's praying. You want help getting over a besetting sin? Think about that. When you're doing whatever you're doing, he's praying for you. How about that? Whatever you're doing, he's praying. When you're out there screaming at your wife like an animal, he's praying. When you're up late at night watching things on a computer you shouldn't even be looking at, he's praying. 
when you're laying up in bed at night wishing you never married the man that you married. He's praying. The Lord Jesus Christ is praying for us. You think that's a pretty good example? You think he's caring? You think? Amen. Amen. The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Brethren, it's absolutely critical, especially as we see that day approaching, that we care one for another, that we pray one for another, that we're concerned one for another. We need it. I need it. Our country damn sure needs it. Our pastors need it. We need to pray. We have something special here. Just like it is so often said, we really, really do. We need to pray for it. We need to pray for this place. We need to pray for the leadership. We need to pray. Forgive me. Forgive me what I'm going to do right now. Forgive me. We need to pray even for our deacons. Even for our deacons. You remember this? This list that went out? Shows all our deacons. Shows your pop is up here. Right? We need to pray for our deacons. You know why? Because they make the decisions for this place. This is important. I haven't had a chance to be here 40 years, but I want to. I want to. It's only going to happen unless we pray for it. Amen? We need to pray. We need to pray. As I read my Bible, you know what I see? I see that they were serious about caring one for another. It's evident straight through the New Testament. Uh, Even in the book of Acts, Peter, therefore, uh, Acts 12, when Peter was locked in prison, the Bible tells us Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church of God, of the church unto God for him. That's what the Bible says about Peter, intercession. And then we all know what happened. Earthquake happened. Everything else happened. He came and knocked on the door. They couldn't even believe it was him. But the Bible tells us Acts chapter chapter 12. This is the the beginning of the church, let's say. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Intercession. Intercession. They were serious about praying. I especially see in the church epistles, they were serious about caring one for another. The Apostle Paul requested specific prayer. And the Apostle Paul also told the people what it was he was praying for them. See, a lot of times we get in our heads, you know, let's say we are praying for someone. And, and I don't know, we, we don't want to take the glory. We don't want to, you know, uh, uh, to seem, uh, I don't know. It almost seems like it's, like it's wrong if we're, if we're going to tell the person we're praying for them. But I see an example in the Bible that, that it's okay. I'm allowed to tell people, brother, I'm praying for you to get over this. Get over that. I'm praying for you to get the job you need. I'm praying for you to make the right decision in a marriage. I'm praying for you. It's okay to be specific and let another brother or let another sister know exactly what you're praying. And it's also okay to be specific and let them know what you need prayer for. What you need prayer for. That's what I see in the Bible. Now, this is what I'd like to do. This is just a survey. We're not going into the deep, deep things of God here. What I'd like to do is go through the church epistles, and I'm just going to point out times that they prayed one for another, that they cared one for another. Specific times in the Bible, I'm only sticking to church epistle because I'm only speaking to the church of God right now. That's why. Okay, so let's turn to the book of Romans, and we're going to flip through quickly. We're going to move quickly. The train's rolling now. Okay, and and let's see, in fact, how much they care. Let's see the example of what caring one for another is. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. 
Romans chapter 1. Look at verse... Romans chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, making request, if by any means now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Starting in verse 30. Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 30. The Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. That's a request for intercession. intercession. Paul's asking them to strive together in prayer unto God for him. He's requesting prayer. And this is exactly what he, specifically what he's requesting. Look at, look at verse... Verse 31, please pray for me, and this is what I need you to pray, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, might be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with all joy by the will of God. See, that will of God thing pops up all the time in prayer in the New Testament. You pray, but especially by the will of God, by the will of God. Way different than what intercession was like in the Old Testament. Okay, intercession in the New Testament is by the will of God. By the will of God. 1 Corinthians, please. Book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. Starting in verse 4. The Bible says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched. So this is his prayer. That in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance, in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye might that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pretty good prayer. Second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one. Uh, where should we start? Start in verse nine. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us, ye also helping together by prayer for us. So he's talking about Jesus Christ, who he knows he has the victory in, but he also says, ye helping together in prayer for us. That's the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. A pretty good example of a Christian in the New Testament. Amen? And he's asking, and he's saying, I know what I have in Jesus Christ, but your prayers also help. Your prayers also help. Now, forgive me, I'm going to read something from our prayer text ministry, a response. Uh, If you know who it was, then praise the Lord. I'm not going to mention names, but I just want you to see that our praying helps people. Listen to this. This is, I took it right out of my phone. It says, praise the Lord. My sister's cancer 
is very slow moving. No treatment needed. They will watch it. Thank you for praying. It works. Amen. 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 You think prayer works? You think prayer works? The Apostle Paul knew it worked. His sister knew it worked. It worked in her life, and it'll work in our lives if we care enough to pray. Amen? I know it hurts. It hurts. I'm quiet, too, inside. I'm quiet. When I was doing this, I was real quiet. I promise you. But now I have to speak. But it's important that we care one for another. It's clear through this Bible that we care one for another. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, please. Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians. I guess Paul didn't pray for the Galatians. I don't know, but Ephesians. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. The Bible says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is his prayer, pay attention now, this is Paul's prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power. That's the Apostle Paul's prayer to the Ephesians. Turn with me to Philippians, please. Book of Philippians, chapter 1. Philippians, chapter 1, starting in verse 3. The Bible says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it, until the day of Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Now he's telling them, I pray for you. I pray for you. Now let's look at verse 9. This is what he prayed. And the reason I'm pointing these out, because these are the things we should be praying one for another. These are the things, this is how you show, you, you show God that we care one for another. These are the examples we have in the Bible. Look at verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. That's a pretty good prayer. Don't you think? It's a pretty good prayer. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, please. Colossians chapter 1. Starting in verse 9. Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9. For this cause we also... Now, the we is Paul and Timothy, if you look back in chapter 1, and the brethren. But the Bible says in verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, 
do not cease to pray for you and to desire, this is their prayer, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will, that's his will again, knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, in knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. It's a pretty good prayer. That's the brethren praying for the brethren. That's a pretty good prayer right there. Turn to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. So back there in chapter 1, we see corporate prayer. Corporate intercessory prayer, if you will. Now Colossians chapter 4. Verse 12, the Bible says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now, Epaphras, who was a minister of theirs, according to chapter 1, but the Bible says, always laboring fervently for you in prayer, that ye might stand perfect and complete in in the will of God. There's that will of God thing again. I'm telling you, New Testament intercession has to do with the will of God. Has to do with the will of God. Old Testament intercession was all over the map. But thank God we live in the New Testament. Amen? Thank God we're saved by grace. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, Colossians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting in verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, that we, that we, starts back in verse 1, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Corporate prayer. Corporate. Just like we did when we started here. Corporate prayer. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. So we see there corporate prayer. <clears throat> Turn to uh, chapter 5 with me. Chapter 5, verse 23. Paul writes here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. We saw corporate prayer there in chapter 1. Now we're going to see individual prayer here. Paul praying individual for them. Chapter 5, verse 23 says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. So we see intercession both corporately and intercession individually. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one. Starting in verse 2. To to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Paul prayed for Timothy. 
Paul prayed for Timothy. Turn with me to Philemon. Philemon. Now, Romans through Philemon, if you don't know, Romans through Philemon are the what's known as the church epistles. That's the, the, the doctrinal books for the church age that we live in today. Romans through Philemon. Hebrews was, was written by Paul, but Hebrews was written to Hebrews. But Romans through Philemon were written to us. Romans through Philemon. So this is the last book here. We're going to see a, a good example of uh, intercessory prayer here. Philemon, starting in verse 4. Paul says, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of, of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord, towards the Lord Jesus, and towards all saints. This is his prayer. Pay attention now. This is his prayer for another brother in Christ. This is his prayer. Verse 6, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual. Effectual. You guys understand that, right? That the communication of his faith may become effectual. Like when a brother says, please pray, I'm witnessing to a brother. That the communication of your faith may become effectual. Effectual. That's a good prayer. That's a good prayer for us to pray one for another. That the communication of our faith may become effectual, may have an effect, that it'll work, that I'll know what to say. I'll know how to say it. I'll know when to say it. I'll, I'll know what not to say. I'll know when to shut up. That the communication of our faith may become effectual. That's a good prayer, brethren. That's a good prayer. But it continues on to tell us how. Now, how? Why? How can the communication of our faith become effectual? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That's how it happens, brethren. That's how it happens. That's how the communication of our faith may become effectual. But that's a good prayer. That's one brother praying for another brother that the communication of his faith may become effectual. One old timer said, our prayers must not be self-centered. It must arise not only because we feel our own need as a burden we must lay upon God, but also because we are so bound up in love for our fellow men that we feel their need as acutely as our own. To make intercession for men is the most powerful and practical way in which we can express our love for them. Remember that we're commanded to love one another. We're commanded to care for one another. Intercessory prayer is how we do that. Another old timer said, talking to men for God is a great thing. Talking to men for God is a great thing. But talking to God for men is greater still. Talking to God for men is greater still. That's intercessory prayer. You know, over there in the book of Revelation, where where the Bible talks about the Laodicean church age, the, the church age that we live in now, that they had need of nothing. Therefore, I will spew out of, out of my mouth and, and so on and so forth. We all know it. Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 14. But also in there, God said, I counsel thee to buy gold of me tried in the fire. Tried in the fire. And I believe, and it's my opinion, but one of the 
curses, I guess you can say, of the Laodicean church age is that we don't give a flip about one another. We don't care the way we ought. We don't care the way they did in the old times. As Pastor said, any great revival that ever happened, it started with people caring one for another. It started with people praying one for another. God tells us about that Laodicean church age, that he counsels them to buy gold of him. Gold. Remember what I said, gold. Intercessory prayer, that's gold, brethren. That's gold. Because it's done in faith, just by definition alone. Prayer is done in faith, and it's done without any benefit to ourselves. That's the stuff that lasts. That's the stuff that lasts. So if you're anything like me, which I hope you're not, but if you are anything like me, I hope you're all better Christians than I am. This is a... My poorest Christian attribute is prayer. I, I, I do pray. I really do. I do pray, but I don't pray the way I ought, brethren. I don't pray the way I should. And the bottom line is because I don't care the way I should. The bottom line is because maybe I don't love you guys the way I should. And I'm wrong. And the Bible showed me that I'm wrong. And maybe it showed you that you're wrong. But I listed to you guys 16 things the Bible tells us we're, we're to do one for another. And the bottom line of it all is we're supposed to love one another and care for one another and truly be concerned one for another. Through the example of the body caring for itself, through the example of the body nurturing another part of the body that might be hurting, through the example of, of, uh, of uh, the Psalms and Ecclesiastes lifting a brother up if one fall, lifting a brother up, that's a good example. That's what prayer is, lifting each other up. But we're supposed to pray one for another. Another. I hope, uh, I know I didn't have a lot to say. I know it was just Bible tonight, but that's, that's not a bad thing. Amen. Just Bible. It's not a bad thing. And if you're a new Christian, I really tried to, 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 to do this. I could have sermonized the heck out of this, but I really wanted you to see what it is to study the Bible, to find church doctrine, what's written to us, and to go straight through it point for point. Let's find out what intercession means, and let's find out what it means for us. And that's the way it's done. Book by book, verse upon verse, and precept upon precept. So I hope tonight, and I, I've prayed for you guys, and I really hope that the Lord's spoken to you the way he's spoken to me. And please, brethren, care for each other. Care for this place. I mean, really care. Pray. Don't come to church on Wednesday when we're all tired, when we're all half fallen asleep, and, 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 and we're taking prayer requests, and nobody's listening. And when you close your eyes and you're thinking about dinner and you're thinking about your children instead of thinking about the things you should be thinking about. But let's care one for another the way that we should, brethren. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, first and foremost, thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, Father. Thank you for saving my soul and the souls of my brethren here, Father God. I thank you for your book uh, that I can uh, lean on it, I can depend on it, Father, and I can... Study it out, and I can really see what you have to say about any given topic, Father God. And uh, I thank you, Lord, for uh, uh, just putting this burden uh, to study this out, to truly study this uh, thought of intercessory prayer out, Father. I pray that your spirit and your word has uh, done its job and has been effective, Father God, in all of our hearts and all of our lives, Lord. I pray that we came here to hear from you, Lord, because that's how it works. Father, I do pray, Lord, that uh, as we see that day approaching, Father, that we, we really take heed to what your book says about how we ought to care one for another and how we ought to pray one for another. Father, give me a heart 
that cares for my brethren, Lord. Give me a mind that thinks of my brethren, Father God. Give me the love and the grace that I need, Father God, to get over myself and over my own problems, Father God, and we all have them, but to care the way I ought to care, Father God. Lord, I thank you for this place. I thank you again for this uh, opportunity, Lord, to get up here and open your book and, uh, and speak to these, your people, Father God. And um, may you do your work in all of our hearts and all of our lives, Father. Get us home safely, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.